Welcome to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I'm Christopher Dedian, founder and CEO of Dedian Enterprises, Inc. We are committed to optimize people's performance with tools such as peak performance speaking, coaching, and consulting programs for a worldwide international community. We believe that the only difference between where you are and where you want to be is acquiring the knowledge you need and consistently utilizing that knowledge to become a peak performing individual in every area of your life. Stick around until the end of the show where we will reveal how you can become the next guest on the fastest growing inspirational educational podcast on the planet in 20 to 30 minutes. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I am your host, Christopher Dedian, and today we have Reza Lavesioni. He's the co-founder and CEO of Revolusi, and we are so excited to have him on board. He's created this company that essentially helps online shopping and bring that to the next level. So Reza, before diving into all of that fun stuff, I give a short introduction of who you are, what do you do? Can you unpack that a bit more for us? Sure. Thanks for having me first, Chris. Uh, uh, I'm the co-founder and CEO as of Ravioli, a Silicon Valley tech startup that uh, is to revolutionize the online shopping experience by making it, you know, trusted and more reliable and smart. But it couldn't be any further from where I started from. I was a plastic surgery postdoc, and I got pulled into an Amazon business with $350 in my pocket, and uh, it soon turned out to become a large warehouse and uh, pallets of products in the warehouse. But all of a sudden, uh, my main product got knocked out by fake negative reviews mm. that were provided by an immoral competitor. And I lost $120,000 in a week. So it was bone crushing. But Soon I understood that I was not the only loser to fake reviews. Every minute in the United States, uh, over 1,100 products are purchased based upon fake and misleading reviews. Think of all of those four and five star, you know, uh, products that you end up uh, receiving in a turnout to be junk. Mm -hmm. And in your dumpster, there are a lot of them. I believe everybody has that experience on a daily basis. And so... Uh, I realized that there should be an authenticator for the reviews online and even for the prices. So we can rely on what we are shopping online. It's our everyday life. So I quit medicine, I quit plastic surgery, and I built a rock star team that, uh, you know, is going to solve this problem with a Chrome extension and this Chrome extension is essentially protecting online shoppers from fake, re- fake reviews and providing them with the best prices from the entire internet. And uh, so we can provide this feeling for the users that they are shopping online with trust and confidence. Okay. So happy to answer if you have any questions. Yeah, 100%, bro. We're going to dive into some, some, some many things in that regard. So first and foremost, awesome idea. I'm glad that you got it through being in the Amazon FBA world. So essentially you were selling products online and one of your competitors 
left a negative review just to make you lose sales. And obviously it did. And for an entrepreneur, startup, whatever, it's, it's, it's bone crushing. And then realizing that, hey, wait a minute, this is something that happens quite often in the world of online shopping and even like book sales and so on and so forth. Now, my question is, how do you go about creating this, this program or this, this company to look at the fake reviews and differentiate a bot towards an actual human being that's doing it out of malice? Is there a way that you could dis- distinguish that? Because the example that you gave is imagine you, you're uh, doing Amazon FBA. I'm doing Amazon FBA. I know that Reza is a competitor of mine. I actually go and write a negative view. How are you going to be able to see that, hey, this is an actual real negative review or just somebody being malice? Is there a way to go about that? Very good question. And actually, this is our main concern. And by concern, I mean our main focus. So mm-hmm. I have a team of you know, uh, R&D people that our job, and I, I'm always in that uh, you know, mission with them, our job is to keep tuning up our technology to, to find another way that you know, fake review providers are providing it, and we go against it. So we have a list of you know a large number of uh, algorithms and that are empowered by machine learning and then uh, you know we try to use uh, to take into the game those there are some investigators for fake reviews mm-hmm. in the uh, market which some of them are related to federal investigators some of them are you know journalists and so we we get all of those those advices on board to you know, level up our investigation layer uh, one at a time, but keep making sure that we are getting it to the next level. And we, 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 I mean, it's like, it's like the drug dealers. That's how I look at those fake review providers. So still uh, they are around, but they are getting more and more miserable. And that is our job to get them, push them to the corner more and more and more and more until they give up. Is it 100% today? No, but we are, I can say we are very, very good and top of the, uh, you know, the top notch on what we are providing as a service. We use machine learning and NLP to, you know, machine learning to first uh, authenticate those. And then we use natural language processing to get them into a format that is called review summary. So the users can read the summary of those authentic reviews and just mm. take the decision if they don't have a lot of time. So that's a piece of our technology. I love it. So it's kind of like an interesting way I could correlate to math when you are taking the median of the average comments and bringing that in the forefront to the user being like, in average, these are the client, the people are saying X, Y, and Z, and this could be an actually authenticated uh, uh, review and all that stuff. Now, in regards to kind of noticing this and bringing this to the forefront, it's very interesting how you did a shift from your medical field, the surgery field towards the entrepreneur. Let's unpack that. Talk to me a bit about that because I've been there in different industries. Actually, my background was fireman. And then I realized that I was meant to be an entrepreneur and jump from one career to another. So I could really understand that. Now, I want to know your thought pattern. Why did that happen? Was it because you were repressing something? Was it because you were in an industry because your parents wanted you to be in there, the society? Like, what was your thought pattern to becoming an entrepreneur from a surgeon? My parents still have problems with me leaving plastic <laughs> surgery. <laughs> It's the immigrant thing, bro. 
There is no chance they would be a supporter on that. Of course, they are supporting what I'm doing now because I'm really solving an issue for much larger number of people in the world. But at the end of the day, they still are are, are, are doubting my brain, like what is going on over there. So yeah, so that's about them. So I've been asked this question a lot. Um, let me see. So technically, I'm a type of person that tries to get the decision at the moment. So I am a big risk taker. And essentially when I, and another feature maybe that I can say about myself is that when I have a plan A, I hardly ever have a plan B. I'm super focused on plan A and I literally let go of any other plan Bs. So I guess the main reason that I ended up doing that was because I, um, I wanted to be, you know, of value to a larger number of people. Of course, I love plastic surgery. I love medicine and everything. You help people, but you help one at a time. But being an entrepreneur gives you the ability to help a large number, millions of people all together with providing one problem that they have been facing for a very long time with a solution. So so I guess that's the main reason that I let go of that, although I was good at that, but this is something that I, you know, dream about. I sleep and wake up with that uh, mindset of solving this problem, yeah. getting it to a level that people love it. So, you know, that's that's that. So I love that aspect because it's you're clearly an entrepreneur because you're looking at problems and you're trying to solve them. And just such as you were doing in the surgery world, but like you said, the difference between surgery is one to one towards now you're one to many in a huge way, and then you could bring massive value. But have you ever thought of going into entrepreneur world in regards to correlating it with the medicine world? Because there's a lot of people that go into that and I'm guessing, you know, marrying both of your loves in a sense, if I could call it a love or your interests, let's call it that. Haven't you seen any things that you could improve in the medical world that demands or can value your time? Is there anything that you've thought about? It's something that's going to come in the end. No, I did. Dude, I'm sure me, I did. So, so, you know, I'm Persian originally and I had the, like about 10, 15 years ago, 10, 10, 12 years ago, I had the second uh, animal study research center of the whole country when I was back home. And uh, I had 33 shareholders in that company, stakeholders. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I was on an immigration phase and I was, you know, I was getting uh, invited to the U.S. Um, uh, plastic surgery, I mean, Case Western uh, Reserve University plastic surgery department by a huge uh, uh, chairman so I couldn't just uh, not say yes to that but but and it was my dream always but let that aside here in the US I first got into a model that was uh, called safe metal safe med delivery that was my first startup that was based on medicine so I wanted to provide the model that you can have the medication that you have, uh, let's say on Rite Aid, uh, delivered to your home without you trying to go to store and pick it up and everything. So it was called safe med delivery. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, 
uh, around six years ago, six, six and a half years ago. Like many of those stuff right now are available, but at that time it was not the case. Yeah. And it kind of validates the thought that I had at the time, but, but I had to make a phone application. I had zero money, like literally zero. And as I said, that Amazon business, I could get involved with $350 that I had was yeah. low enough so I could, I could get into. So, and then, and then it was the game life game, right? It just, I got, it just got dragged into the e-commerce and it's very cool e-commerce. And I, I the, the, the deeper I went, the more I loved it. So I ended up, you know, getting into this direction. And then, you know, as an entrepreneur, you solve the problems where you face. You, you don't you don't go and look for a problem. You face a problem and then you're like, okay, I want to solve it. And then that's what happened to me. At least it was my case. So Raza, I love that. I love that approach and the breakdown. And it's really, like you said, it's interesting to see that, hey, you had an idea that back then wasn't very uh, predominant. And now like, hey, it's, it's out there towards how to get the medicine directly delivered to you and all that stuff. So a great understanding. And it's so interesting, like you said, especially when you're a young entrepreneur, the the barrier to entry to be a uh, e-like uh, entrepreneur, which is like an internet entrepreneur is so low that you could just dive into it and then build something big with our, and just grow towards it. So really interesting with that. And Reza, I, I liked all your stuff and there's a couple of things that you had mentioned within uh, coming on before the show. And you had mentioned that one of your strengths as an entrepreneur is the leadership side of things. And I want to know what are some of the tips that you give as what it takes to be a great leader within your organization? How many employees do you currently have? Talk to me a bit about like, what are your realities of how to build a company and team and the leadership aspect behind that? Sure. So we have uh, a team of 10, you know, full-time and maybe around like 10, 15 part-time contractors working with us. Mm-hmm. So it's a tough, okay, so let me address your question like this. Right now we are in a competition with Amazon paying 350K for their early entry software engineer. Mm-hmm. Google paying easy 270, 300K per year for their lowest uh, level as engineers. And we are a little startup that essentially has, you know, uh, not any of these sort of money. And we still need to have the best talents to because our technology is uh, proprietary. It doesn't exist out there. None of the big uh, companies that we are dealing with as competitor. I mean, we don't have to, I don't believe any of them are our competitor in real meaning, but technically we are. And they don't have our technology. We are having, you know, the top-notch technology. And in order to have that, you need to be able to, to absorb talents with the money that you do not have, only with your vision, only with your, you know, they feel that you are you are providing that, uh, that environment for them that they can live in, that they feel the culture is aligned with them. The people who have uh, technically a $700,000 job offer from a giant like Samsung and they still let go of that offer and still stay with you with one fifth of that amount and even less. And they are believing in future. I guess in order to do that, uh, you need to have that kind of leadership 
uh, ability in addition to transfer your vision to your team they know that they are solving a problem of the that is bigger than you know just making money making money is not our concern at all you know solving that problem it is so so they my whole team which is very diverse they are all into they live solving this problem so i guess that is the trick i reza i love that answer because you hit home with it and i want to unpack it and clarify it for our listeners here i was legit talking to uh, about this to a keynote speech that i gave at raymax in front of like uh like 300 like top end brokers for a specific agency and we were looking into that. And this is something actually I worked with top end clients as well. One of my clients, LP, he came to me because he has started a company making multi-million dollars and he was having a hard time retaining the proper employees. He was getting some of them, but not retaining them or not getting the right ones. And then I went into him like, okay, what is your mission and vision? What is your clear mission and vision with your organization? Then he kind of goes about it. It wasn't very clear. We worked on it together. Once he had that clear mission and vision, I'm like, LP, you have to understand this. Nobody's going to come work for you. It's not about LP. It's not about Christopher Dedan. It's not about Reza. It's about the mission and vision. If you say that mission and vision at such a high level, then people will come work for that mission and vision. And if that mission and vision is linked up, like you just said, Reza, so eloquently, value-driven, impact-driven, and then income-driven, then you'll be able to get the person that you need that's working for that mission. It's that cause. So I love the fact that you're able to see that and be like, hey, this is a cause that is important because everybody in some way, shape or form, small or big, has already been fell in that in that aspect of shopping with something online, getting a bad review, like you said, and receiving it and like, oh, it's not that or somebody in your end doing an FBA and a competitor does something negative. So everybody has felt that. So 100%, I love that as a CEO that you're putting that in the forefront. Now, my brother, it's completely obvious that you are successful. You're doing so many great stuff, but there's definitely a lot to learn with people's successes. And just like all the successful people say, you know, success leaves clues and there's ways to learn about it. But I truly believe that we can learn from people's mistakes as well and people's difficulties. So I want to ask you, what is one of the biggest challenges that you are facing right now within your business? And that challenge in itself, how do you go about solving it? So I want to know the thought behind it and how are you going to approach it? So current problem that you are dealing with within your business and how do you go about approaching it to solve that problem? So our challenges are numerous. Our mistakes as well, literally. I'm not joking. Like we make mistakes every day. Mm -hmm. Unbelievably, the amount of mistakes that we take is high. But what one thing that I always tell my team is, it's totally fine. Don't even bother try to not make mistakes. It's totally fine. Make mistakes, but make sure you don't make the same mistakes for a second time. Mm-hmm. That is the only thing that we keep trying to do. And trust me, that's not even something, I mean, it seems very simple to say, but it's not simple to do. I mean, uh, the, the situations kind of change a little bit and you, you're you very tilted towards doing the same mistake again, but uh, you know, we, we just try to keep uh, giving precaution to ourselves to make sure that hey, we, we, we should not do that mistake. We did it once. That's enough. So, so that's about that. The challenges, I guess, it's all coming from, uh, you know, 
we have many challenges you know one of the main challenges is acquisition user acquisition that we are dealing with <clears throat> you know we launched our extension about a month ago less than a month ago it's about three weeks ago and we are you know ambitious we wanna we are solving a big problem of the users and uh we believe that this product should go like viral like this and like it should it should go for itself because it's a uh, you know super useful product it even works for people in canada and uh obviously there is a lot to improve in the product that's our everyday actions but i guess that is our main uh, main challenge to get into hands of uh thousands and then tens of thousands quickly and then hundreds of thousands and millions and <clears throat> the way that we want to solve this problem is literally uh is a very i can say 101 marketing action which is trying to put a little test on different uh, path to make uh, you know uh, this product in front of the eyes of the users and uh, try to find the best one and choose that best one uh, tuned and then and then tune it and then you know uh, improve our content for the users and then try to get it in the eyes of those people from that channel and yeah hopefully that's gonna work nice okay so the main thing like you said is the fact that you just launched the extension three weeks ago or about a month ago and now you want to get more users on it so it's kind of the marketing behind it and so on and so forth and i i love that because there's definitely is like you have to put some grassroots effort obviously in the beginning to kind of get that ball rolling but like you're saying if you have this amazing product it's going to take off in its in its own but before it takes off you kind of need that nudge so i i appreciate that you kind of mentioned that and a couple of last questions over here that i want to ask you raza before we wrap up this podcast so this show is called the peak performance greatness show and i truly believe every single human being and every single ceo such as yourself has high levels of high performance my question to you is what are some of the rituals, methodologies that you use at a daily level that makes you perform at a high level consistently? I can say there is one main feature that I have. I'm an every minute learner. There we go. And I'm not saying every, I'm not saying every day. I'm saying every minute. When I drive to work, I'm learning. When I drive back home, I'm learning. When I walk the dog, I'm learning. When I want to go to bed, I'm reading and learning. When I'm at work, I have free time. I'm in a restroom. I, I try to read, a, a, listen to a podcast. I'm not joking, seriously. And that's one of the main reasons that I stay in the, in the restroom for like 15 minutes sometimes. <laughs> so that's funny. My wife is like, what are you doing there? I'm like, uh, nothing. I'm coming out. I was listening to some podcast. It's funny. But yeah, that, that's my main feature, I can say. I love that. I love that. And I did read that you're an avid reader. So am I. Like, I, I truly appreciate that. And one of my favorite quotes, which the viewers will be able to, to see it over my left shoulder over here, is by Socrates, which says, the only true wisdom is knowing you know nothing. Which what correlates to that to me is that you are always a student of life. If you always keep on learning, you always evolve, you always grow, then you'll truly be happy in that regards. So I love the fact that you have that ideology. And Raza, my, my, actually, you know what, as I know, 
I, I can't pass next to this question because I know that you're an avid reader and you kind of mentioned it, alluded to it. What is your, like your top favorite book that you have read or that you have gave as a gift? What in business world or? So that's why it's so vast because you could be in different categories. Just this, let's just look at what book has like helped you the most in your life. And this is like vast. It could be spiritually. It could be through business. It could, the one that is like top book that has impacted you. So out of business, my uh, my favorite uh, author is Leon Tolstoy. There we go. Okay. So so uh, War and Peace. Anna Karnina, very beautiful novels. If you, I mean, lovely novel. If you, if you want to read something that you enjoy, you can see every scene of the book. That's it. Yeah. That's you need to read. If you are a 10 to 15 year old, uh, you know, teenager that you want to build some uh, features, characteristics in your life, read uh, reach that portal for sure that's for that day it's not for when you are 35. Mm-hmm. if you are uh you know an entrepreneur oh dude the, the books are numerous uh zero to one is something that if you are having a creative mind you want to read zero to one from peter thiel and you know if you are at a stage like early stage uh startup that you are going to market to uh, having a product to you know introduce it uh, like the level of mine probably uh, you want to read uh, crossing the chasm mm-hmm. and yeah I guess these are the books that I would love to introduce at this point Raza I it's so obvious that you are a reader because you just broke down different categories and then from like from Tolstoy, from the zero to one for entrepreneurs, from rich dad, poor dad for uh, anybody that's young and the way that you broke it down. I mean, I truly appreciate it. And my brother, last question to you over here is what's the best way for our listeners and our viewers to contact you? Where can they get in touch with you and where can they go? Most importantly, because you highlight this and I really want to support you with this. Where can we go to highlight that extension with uh, what you put out? So when once we buy stuff on Amazon or wherever, we're able to support you as well as support ourselves by buying the proper product. So, uh, you know, I have my LinkedIn very available. My name is Reza Lavasani and uh, happy to help, you know, other entrepreneurs or even younger generation who want to become entrepreneur later on. That's, that's my mission. I would love to help people like as, as much as I can, if I have the ability, of course. And regarding the extension, Ravioli extension, it's simply, they can, uh, you know, search Ravioli extension and the result from Google will pop up and they will be easily adding it to their, you know, Chrome and then simply, uh, from that point, they don't need to do anything. When they're on an Amazon, Walmart, Target, Macy's, uh, Kohl's, and Home Depot page, product page, literally uh, the information that they need to have to authenticate the product reviews and everything, and the prices from entire internet will be right on that page for them, and they don't need to do anything. It's going to be serving them beautifully. I love that. 
I love that. So I'm going to definitely download it on my end, but yeah, I'm going to invite my listeners to do the same. Reza, awesome job, brother. I love meeting entrepreneurs such as yourself that are value-driven and just trying to make some great stuff in the, in the world. So keep up your phenomenal work and it's such a pleasure having you on the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It was great seeing you, man. Always will be. Speak to you soon, brother. Ciao, ciao. Christopher Dedian here. Thank you so much for listening to the Peak Performance Fitness Show. If you're a successful entrepreneur or entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot of your phone, text it to a friend, or post it on the socials. If you know somebody that could be a great guest, please tag them on social media to let them know about this program. And don't forget to include the hashtag Peak Performance Fitness. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We regularly put out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episode, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Your thumbs up, rating, and review go a long way to help us promote this show, and it would mean a lot to me as well as my team. You want to know more? Go ahead and visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or my YouTube channel at Christopher Didier. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Have a blessed and grateful day.